Welcome to the OCRWC podcast. It's 2023 and we are looking forward to our biggest and best event ever. To kick off this third series, I'm joined by an exceptional athlete who undoubtedly had one of the most impressive seasons in 2022. Let's chat to Chris Rogloski and see what the year ahead is looking like for her. Chris, thank you so much for joining me for the first episode of season three of the OCRWC podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here with me. Thank you very much for having me on. You had the most insane 2022. I was just in awe of you at every single event I saw you at. So I'm so glad to get to talk to you today to kick things off for another year of obstacle course racing. Shall we have a bit of a chat of what you achieved last year? Let's talk about it. (laughs) All right. So for those who don't know, I'm just going to start with kind of the end of the year because there's already so much that happened across the whole year. And we'll go back to that. But I mean, in the space of and my brain's died a little bit, but it was only a couple of months, wasn't it? Like two and a half months or something. You were at OCRWC. You got um, second place at the 15K, uh, third place on the 3K. You did three team events as well, didn't you? You did pro uh, co-ed, pro women's and uh, an open wave. Uh, you also did the Trifecta World Championships, which is three days of racing. It's a trifecta over three days, uh, which got third place. World's Toughest Model, which we're going to get into big time, Spartan World Championships. And I mean, before that, you did tons of other incredible races and, and a ton of ultras. So I, I, I'm not even really sure where to start with you. <laughs> I don't know either sometimes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, today or this year was just one of those years. Um, I don't think going into the like the beginning of the year, I planned for it to look like that. Mm. Um, but I just had my eye on several series that I wanted to do. And when I looked at the dates, I was like, everything kind of checks out like it all works together so I was like well like I want to do all these series and there's always kind of thought like oh I could put it off I could do that series next year or whatever um there's just kind of like they all worked for this past year so it's like let's go and it was a wild year (laughs) (laughs) you do seem to go into things with a very kind of chill attitude but determined like you are very relaxed about it I mean I I don't know what you're feeling inside but the outward impression is I'm here I'm going to do my best I mean I know your mindset from following you on social media you're very determined and you talk about the hard work but you you know you're very kind of for someone who's achieved so much it's not normally what you'd assume that you can just be like yeah let's see what happens and go with it but that's that's what you give out well, I think it's important to realize um, the only thing, I mean, you know this in life, and I think people don't really apply it to competition as much, um, mm. but the only thing that you have any control over on any given day is absolutely nothing except for yourself and not even necessarily like your body, but your reaction, like you, your mind is the one thing that you have complete control mm. over responsibility for. So when I go into a race, like, I have an idea of how I'll stack up against other people. I have an idea of like, who's there, what they've bring, what they're bringing to the table. But like, I really can't count on anything, mm. you know, on their, on their end of things. Um, and then even with myself, like sometimes my body has it, sometimes it doesn't. Um, towards the end of this year, I like got kind of sick and it's hard to shake and had some races where I was like, my body was just not, not having it today. Um, <laughs> But I think just realizing that like, okay, sometimes my body has it, sometimes it doesn't. Mm. Um, but like, again, like I don't have any control over that. Mm. You know, it is what it is. The only thing I control is my attitude towards it. So yeah. I think that's what I've tried to focus on is like, 
my attitude going into races is like, I'm very blessed to be here. I'm really, um, fortunate to be able to like race in good Mm -hmm. health, to be able to travel. And like, I'm just really grateful for all the opportunities I've had. And that makes it really easy to go into races where you cannot control anything, but your mindset, like, well, you know, at least, at least like put the mindset in a good place. I mean, that's an absolutely incredible lesson. And it's completely true. You're so right. It's just so hard to remember sometimes. And I do, it's something I try and remind myself, you know, when things get a bit overwhelming or feel a bit anxious, that the only thing I control is myself and my reaction to something. But it's it's not easy. And you've been under some really high pressure situations in the last year. Do you have a certain way that you can kind of anchor that feeling or that you hold on to it? Is this just something that's been kind of something you've trained into yourself alongside the the athletic ability and the mental strength? I think the thing that I always come back to is just gratitude. Like I know like as much as I've worked hard for things and I've put in the work, like I couldn't do any of this on my own. Um, there are so many variables that I have no control over. And so again, just being grateful for what I do have on any given day, even if like I am in pain, my ankles, like I, you know, different kind of injuries and stuff, but like just being grateful to still be there, to be present, to be like alive, breathing. Um, I always like to, especially like the OCR races where you're outside, like mm-hmm. take a second to like soak in the surroundings, like, and I love being outside um, <laughs> and to just like so many places I raced this year were beautiful views and just mm-hmm. like amazing, you know, and just, you know, how grateful I am to be there. And regardless of how the race goes, I'm here in this moment, like experiencing this beautiful view and mm. this fun downhill, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> so I guess for me, it just comes back to gratitude. And like, you may think you don't have much to be grateful for. You may think everything's going wrong, but there is literally always something to be grateful for. Actually, I read a book a couple of years ago. Um, I think it was called um, 1000 Gifts or something, but basically just finding gratitude in the everyday. So she basically, um, I think she started a list of a thousand things that she, and she just added to that list every day. So I'll sometimes do that, like 10 things that you're grateful for. And it could be the littlest things like sunlight, a warm bed, like the littlest things, but there's always, always something Mm. to be grateful for. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of, that's what it comes down to at the bare minimum. Like, Mm. um, I think there's also, I have a level of like, I guess like I see that, as much as I have big ideas and big plans and things I want to do, like, um, I believe that my life is guided and led by God. And so I have like a piece in that, like, well, whatever comes from this, like there's a lesson to be learned. There's Mm. something to learn. There's something to grow from. Um, and I'm grateful for that, even if it like might suck in the moment and it's really hard (laughs) to find something grateful for, like I've been keeping that perspective of like, I'm grateful for the big picture. So Mm. Even, yeah, which I don't, I often don't see, but I try to keep in perspective. Mm. It's true, isn't it? It's kind of when you start to think about things and you look at it from a different mindset and you do look at it from a positive or a gratitude mindset, it's a lot easier to see, even if it's a tiny little things like, oh, this first cup of tea is the best thing I've had in weeks. You know, it's just like, this is so, rather than being annoyed or grumpy about something that might not be so perfect and it is it's quite it's a bit of a movement at the minute that I'm noticing lately of being grateful and of assuming kind of assuming luck upon oneself and looking at the good side I mean I I do also see a lot of um potential in failure you know from failure we learn a lot that's just part of 
anything. It's part of life. It's definitely part of sports. And I'm sure you will have been through that. But it's so beautiful to also have that attitude of gratitude. It sounds like a terrible yeah. rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, um, yeah. And that's that's one of those things, like, regardless of, you know, all kinds of different people where you're at, whatever, like, there is always something to be grateful for. Yeah. Um, you know, other people may not have the opportunities. They may not like their job. They might not, you know, whatever it is. So, you know, everybody's situations, opportunities, um, life, you know, wherever they're at in life is going to be different. But regardless of that, that's something that is always across the board. There are always things to be grateful for. 100%. So, so when you were you know, talking about that, and I was thinking very often when I think back to events or the last year, there's there's usually a standout moment for me of something that I was like, yeah, that encapsulates my feeling from that weekend. Was Is this something when you kind of say, you know, I take a moment to enjoy the view, one thing from the whole year, from every event that you've done that you just go, yeah, that that for me is the most beautiful moment that will stay with me for a very long time? Um, I had a lot of those, um, but I found this year doing the variety of things that I did, um, the ultras, the uh, hundred milers that I did. Mm. I think part of it is just being out there for 20 plus hours and having the time to think. And like, there's a lot more opportunity to take those moments to just reflect <laughs> and be grateful. Um, but there's definitely um, to the second hundred miler I did this summer was very much a, um, it was after I, the first hundred miler I did was really rough. It, it was miserable. I really struggled with it. And it started, it had me kind of questioning like, like ultra running and me mm. and hundred miles and all of that. Um, and then the second one, everything came together. I went into it like injured and very unsure. And I say, I like ran myself back into health physically and mentally. Like I realized like I still have it physically and like mentally, obviously that was really good for me. Um, so that was a big one where I was just like, I mean, the sunset was beautiful. The sunrise is beautiful. And it was just such a, it was like 20 hours of like, I can st still do this. Um, <laughs> so that one was huge. And then the other one was also a hundred miler. Um, I did Leadville up in Colorado this year. And that was one that like, it's very difficult. A lot of people drop out, like it's challenging and it's at elevation. Like there's so many things, um, but it is absolutely beautiful. And mm -hmm. after doing several on the East coast, this was my first one back on the West coast in the mountains. And it was amazing. Like I was just blown away so many times by the amazing views. Um, so that was another, like, you know, kind of one of those, this is why I do what I do. Um, this is like, you know, one of those moments that like, I'm going to remember this forever, like up yeah. at the top of hope pass, which is, you know, at, uh, I guess like 45 55 miles in you kind of you hit it twice mm -hmm. and you kind of like peek out and you get to look over onto the other side and both of those times it was like this is amazing like it's that probably like you make it through the tough climb and you peek out and you see the downhill and the beautiful views and you're like this is why um yeah <laughs> so I'd say those two are kind of my biggest like those are the moments of the year stand um, yeah. see that's something that I'm not sure if well I would hope a lot of people know about you is the kind of variety of racing that you do. You know, we have seen from you in OCR that you are able to go, for example, whether OCR, WC or Trifactor World Championships, you can do a short, a medium and a long race in OCR and you can perform really, really well at them. But it's not just that. You're also able to do ultras. 
how are you able to perform across such a very distance? Because very often people kind of go, yep, yeah, this is my distance. And it can be, oh, I can't do, no, I'm not doing a 5K. I, I do I do 15K. That's my distance. I can't do 5K. We're talking quite, you know, people become quite specialized, but you still excel over a variety. How? How? Um, two things. I really think that like fitness equals fitness. And so any level of like fitness and health that I pursue, like I believe that it should be able to carry over to kind of whatever I do. Um, I always like, I would like to be able to like on any given weekend decide like I could go do a high rocks or I could go do a hundred miler. Um, the second thing is I think you do sacrifice being the best at those. Like, am I the best at hundred milers? No, definitely not. I do not put in enough miles. I do not put in the time that's really needed to be very good at hundred milers. Mm -hmm. And on the other side of that, like, am I good at the shorter, faster stuff? Like, no, I don't have the time to put into the faster speed work, the strength work. Um, So I think it's, it kind of, which to me in a lot of ways takes off a lot of pressure. Like there's very few people that do this professionally and actually make money off of it. Most Mm. of us do it for fun because Mm. we enjoy it. I certainly do it for fun because I enjoy it. And so that's what I remind myself is like, I like, I enjoy this. I do it because I enjoy it. Mm. Being good is a little more enjoyable, but like just being able to do it is really, really fun. Um, And then the other thing that that I kind of figured out somewhat this year was kind of a little bit of periodization where like near the beginning of the year, I did more strength and focused on high rocks and was able to like win high rocks Mm. from there. I just went right into like all long miles. And so I was able to do all my ultras over the summer and then drop off some of the miles, get back to some of the speed work, which I did some over the summer as well. But, um, that was able then for the, like the OCR, um, championships are all near the end of the year. So to drop back into a little bit of speed work, pick up some speed, try to see what I have left for that, um, was kind of my approach. And like, did I win everything? No, absolutely not. Did I give my best effort? Yes, absolutely. And did I really, really enjoy myself? Yes. And like, that's what I'm here for. Like, um, so yeah, that's kind of the way I view it. Like, and I think, um, like not everybody is able to do that kind Mm -hmm. of a spread, but it's something that I like want to do. And I think my, like my mind is in the right place and I'm able to keep my body mostly able to keep up. So (laughs) it works out for me. Um, but I really like the approach of like, you don't have to like pigeon your whole yourself, pigeonhole Mm -hmm. yourself into one thing. If there's one thing you specifically enjoy, by all means, go all in. Like mm-hmm. I know people that don't enjoy obstacles. Well then don't do obstacle choices <laughs> just because everybody else is doing it, you know, or people that like don't enjoy strength, like then don't do it. You know, it's that yeah. simple. Um, so I think more of like, really like, you know, actually define like, what is it that you enjoy and mm-hmm. want to do and go after it. And if it's all of it, like maybe try and do a little bit of all of it. At least get a taste of all of it. So, <laughs> I mean, that kind of approach. that kind of leads into my next question, and you've already answered it. You know, there's I, I certainly know there's been conversations had about: Are you going to specialize in any area? Are you going to move towards ultras and focus on that? Are you going to focus on OCR, Hyrux, etc.? But from what you're saying, it sounds like you're going to do what you can when you can. Yeah. I think I've heard some people say like, Chris is going to Chris and that's kind of, (laughs) Chris is going to Chris. I'm going to do whatever Chris wants to do. So, yeah. I mean, it seems like, like, again, that kind of ties back into your relaxed attitude of I'll go into this and doing what I can. Like, yeah, that, that, that relaxed attitude and having uh, the, the, (laughs) I keep saying gratitude and attitude together, but having the (laughs) gratitude, it all feeds into this. If I can do it, I will do it and I'll do it 
how I'm happy to do it as well. Yeah. And that, that's that's wonderful. I think it's lovely. Um, and you do perform incredibly well. I I think as an outsider who kind of looks at what people are doing, your name pops up so often, and I'm always like, yeah, yep, she's doing it. She's doing it. It's amazing. <laughs> I think a lot of it is like your body feeds off of what your mind is telling oh, yeah. yourself. And so I see a lot of people that put a lot of pressure on specific races. And if things at any point in that race don't go the way they're supposed to, mm. like they really take a, like a downward spiral because so much is banked on that. And there's absolutely a place for like putting all the, you know, all your eggs in one basket, like really going all in on something. But at the same time, recognizing that, like, I don't know, I guess still being grateful for mm. what you can do, which may not be your best, may not be the best. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely like, so I always, I like to keep that, that, that perspective of like, yeah, just being grateful. And, and I think that feeds into my racing because regardless of what happens, like, okay, even if I feel bad, like I could feel worse. I'm grateful to be here, you know, anything <laughs> like that. And I think my body feeds off of that and does better than it would. If I was like, wow, I'm all slow. I'm out of shape. All these people are doing better. Like your body picks up on that. Like yeah. you can't just, uh, like the way you speak to yourself is kind of important. So I think I need to get you to like record some motivational little speeches for me. Cause when I run, I'm not a good runner. I'm, I, <laughs> I, I'm not a great runner, but I try and I'm training at the moment for an event coming up in a couple of months and it's hard. I'm, nice. you know, I'm, 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 you know, past, past my prime, shall we say, but I would love to have just like <laughs> no. every 20 minutes. He's just you coming in with like a little motivational, be like, yeah, <laughs> go Fran. Well, I, I definitely, <laughs> I listen to a lot of podcasts and I could definitely recommend you some podcasts mm. that would get you pretty inspired and motivated. Do, let me know. Yeah. And we'll pop them in the, yeah. um, we'll pop them in the information as well. So everyone else can have a listen because yes. yeah, it's <sighs> where your brain is, is hugely impactful on every aspect of life I think not you know not just in sports health fitness performing it's just in everything how you relate to other people um how you tackle your day with around children I mean I you work with kids I have a kid mm -hmm. I always notice that you so she always picks up when I'm on a, in a bad mood and she plays on it. it's like no she's it's not her it's me it's me in the bad mood and I'm putting that on her um yeah it, it affects everything so there's certainly a good lesson going into 2023 of how to how be to mindful uh, of... be mindful of our of our attitudes yeah so after the year that you had and as we've mentioned you know you did a whole range of stuff and it was absolutely incredible I think what for you was your proudest moment of the whole of the whole year like what was it that you did that and it might not even be the biggest thing but something that you just kind of go yeah that's brilliant I have a lot of those <laughs> I would I say um, I think um the High Rocks World Championships was a huge one because I went into that very much as an underdog and recognized that like I was going up against the best in the world and um, but again, like did not let that like affect my performance. And mm. I really gave my best effort that day. And it was pretty unreal to see that like my best effort, like really paid off and was the best effort that day. Mm. Um, it was one that I went into it very unsure of anything except for I did like tell myself, like, I'm the fittest I've ever been. Like, mm. and I knew that 
for me, like I was as good as I was ever going to be. And I was ready to like, you know, give it hell. I was ready to go. Um, and it was just so, um, like amazing, like mm. to, cause I honestly like up the entire time I did not expect to win until probably down to the last, he goes 16 wall balls. When I realized I can do these unbroken and I was still ahead of the girl next to me is when I realized I'm actually going to win this. <laughs> and that was just one of those moments of like, yeah, that was a really neat moment. Um, I would say another big one was the OCRWC 15K. Mm-hmm. Um, I ran that race, I guess, more with more guts and like determination than I have run a lot of other races. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one that I went full send and kept going very hard the entire time. And it was really satisfying to finish 40 seconds behind Lindsay. Mm. Um, I've never been happier to be in a second place (laughs) and I've never been more satisfied with a race performance. Mm. Um, That was a really big one for me. Uh, It's kind of one of those like in between distances where like I can push really hard for a very short amount of time and Mm -hmm. I can push moderately for a very, very long amount of time, but that pushing hard for a inder kind of that middle distance has been a struggle. Um, and that day I did it and it was mm-hmm. really, really satisfying. Um, and then the last one is probably world's toughest mutter. Um, going into that, um, with the determination that I had, there was never a point there during that race where I disliked it, disliked my life and wanted to get out. Like, and I've <laughs> had those moments plenty where I'm like, I just want to be done. There was one point where I kind of thought to myself, you know, if I injured myself, like I would have to drop. Mm. That would be kind of unfortunate, but be kind of nice to get injured and not have to finish. Um, That was the only point where I was like, it'd be kind of nice if I got a little hurt and could not continue. (laughs) Um, Other than that, there was no point where I doubted that I was going to finish, where Mm. I wished that I was done, where I regretted anything. It was... I was very focused and Mm. very engaged and um, it was a little bit, I guess like a bit of survival kicked in with how cold and wet it was. Like, I think if I had allowed any space for doubt, for um, like regret, any of that, um, I think it would have affected me Mm -hmm. pretty badly. And so I just never went there. Um, And that was really neat. It was one of, I mean, I came into it very determined and I accomplished my goal. And that was really neat because a lot of times I come into races with, oh, we'll see, whatever. Um, <laughs> but this one, I definitely had a clear goal and I accomplished it. Mm. So that was really neat. I think all three of those absolutely incredible moments. And I remember them all very, very well throughout the years. I'm really glad you chose those. Obviously, OCRWC. I was that like you and Lindsay on the finish line was such a beautiful moment. And it, it really shows such a nice attitude between athletes who are competing against each other that you could just see there's a picture and there's just so much love and like respect and kindness. And it's so lovely. And she's so happy for you and you're so happy. And it just I, I love those pictures and they always, always make me smile. And obviously, I think it's a great event. But I must say, World's Toughest Matter was something else it was just 
I mean, it was my first World's Toughest Mod of being there. I About two weekends before, I'd actually gone camping and I just couldn't sleep all night. It was so windy and cold. And I just kind of went, holy moly, 24 hours is a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long time to be cold. <laughs> it was the first time I thought about it. Yeah. And I remember kind of doing my research because Tough Mud is not a brand that, or a race I've ever been part of or been into. So I was doing my research, like reading up on athletes. Then I saw your name and I was like, well, Chris. <laughs> Chris, Chris, she's gonna do it. And then we talked to the guys, and I was like, it's Chris, and like, yeah, but she's not. And I was like, I don't care. She's done hundred milers. She does, but and I was like, no, it's Chris. <laughs> she's gonna, she's gonna win the women. I've got it down there. I believe it. And it was just so wonderful to watch you. Like, I mean, the whole race is incredible. If anyone's like, uh, um, Matt B. Davis, Obstacle Racing Media, made a beautiful uh, video about it. It's about 45 minutes, but it's a really, really nice story of the competition between you, Katie, and Hannah. And it's I, I really enjoyed it because it shows so well the struggle that goes on. It doesn't romanticize OCR. You know, it's not this, mm -hmm. you know, you are a warrior and everything is amazing. Like the squeak of neoprene on damp skin. Or there's a point where you, I think you're at mile 56, and you could just, there's no music. There's no background music. You just hear like, the wind and breathing. I just like, yeah, that sounds awful. Like it'll give a tiny, tiny little insight to anyone who's not been there. But watching it, I mean, I got so overexcited around 6 a.m. And I started doing this terrible maths trying to work out because he had one slightly slower lap. And I was like, but if that happens, it's not going to work. And, it's, and, and then you came through. Sorry, I'm not making sense to anyone. I'm so overexcited. Your final lap, you were fully dressed in your neoprene, was just chomping on a slice of pizza. I was like, that kid is so cool. <laughs> You're just like walking along, <laughs> eating pizza. I was like, yep, yep, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. And you did do it. And it was so amazing. Like, I'm such a supporter of women in OCR. And, and I, you know, you know, I think you're fantastic. So to, to have you do that, and let's just recap, you got 100 miles at World's Toughest Mudder, which is the record for women. It's mm -hmm. never been done by women before. And not only that, it's it's not that the men were getting 120 miles. They, you know, the men were not that far ahead of you. So you really accomplished something absolutely incredible. And you just kept going. You showed the greatest kind of strength and willpower and but always kind of just yourself as well. It was just wonderful. So I'm really sorry, um, Adrian, but that was such a great moment of the year. Like it was it brought me so much joy and uh, reminded me once again why I really, really love this sport. So, well done, you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a really, a really fun one for me. Oh, amazing. <laughs> so <laughs> I just waffled on there for ages about, <laughs> about you. You had, we have just recapped, you just had an amazing, amazing year. We know that, you know, you are strong and you perform really well. You're also a really, really lovely person. You've got great relationships with people in OCR. Um, and I think I can probably guess what the answer to this is. But if you were to look at all the OCR, and let's say all the OCR athletes out there, is this somebody that you admire, you really admire, and you really kind of look up to and hope to emulate in some way? Ooh, um, there's a lot. <laughs> I think I really have a huge appreciation for what OCR has, um, I guess the community that it's exposed me to because there's mm. not only high achievers. I think two of my easy answers are Lindsay Webster and Ryan Atkins. Um, mm. Lindsay Webster just works hard and she is such a 
nice person all around. Um, and she is the best at what she does and she continues to be the best. I like that Ryan like works really hard and puts himself into all kinds of different things. Um, I find that really inspiring. Um, but I think what I found even more inspiring at the end of the day is all the regular people, um, especially at like world's toughest mudder, these people that this is the longest distance they've ever run ever. And they're choosing to do it in 30 degrees going through mud, going through water. Um, I would say, um, I guess just kind of the average person that OCR has like allowed me to, like, I experience the exact same courses they do mm. from my perspective. Mm. And then to see, you know, I am a certain level of, I have a certain level of fitness and, um, there's a certain level of like, like I can go through it. And to me, like, that was that, like, I have a perspective on it, but then to be able to, and I guess through volunteering it too, I've been able to see, um, I guess the different like struggles and emotions that other people face. And these mm -hmm. are people that, um, you know, work a full-time job. They train when they can, they do what they can. Um, but I see a lot of people that are pushing their personal limits of what is possible for them mm. and overcoming a lot of doubt outs, fears, difficulties. Um, I just think like at OCRWC with the um, dragons back to me, like, I love it. I come running up to there and I'm like, let's take a jump. We'll land, we'll run, we'll jump to the next one. Like, it's kind of fun. Um, and then to see people and for varying reasons, you know, past injuries, fear of heights, whatever it is, that jump is such a mental block mm -hmm. for them. And to see that mental block and to know, like, I mean, I can't fully understand because I'm not, you know, I'm not there. I'm not on that page. Um, but to see like the pause and what they're struggling with. And then when they finally get past it, like that to me is the most mm -hmm. amazing thing. Um, and as much as like, I am always trying to push my limits and my boundaries um, or my, you know, perceived boundaries of mm -hmm. what I can do what's possible. Um, I think it's really helpful to be reminded that like, or just see, like we're all on different levels, but I'm surrounded by so many other people that are doing really difficult things for mm -hmm. them. And I love that. So. Yeah, I agree. I love that. I love that you said that. And I, I love what OCLWC does in terms of having the journeyman category and also having the charity event where people can just have a go and and try out the obstacles and the course and people push themselves to their own abilities I never really had that understanding until I kind of ran after I had a baby I did a beast eight weeks after I gave birth and it was it was the worst idea I've ever had wow yeah I, I used that's, to be fit that's brave and then I was like <laughs> oh I can do this I'll be fine it was horrible. It was horrible. I did it. I was had, you know, two friends with me and, and we got through it. But it gave me a really huge respect for people who struggle on the course and people who keep going and keep pushing and stay out for so long, being soaking wet and getting freezing cold and, you know, really having to give their all. And it yeah, it just created this whole new respect for every single one of the people. You know, I I could never perform at the pro elite level. I never could. Uh, I think even if I put the work in, I'm made for it. But I also couldn't stay out for hours and hours and hours and battle through, keep going, keep pushing, don't just give up. Like both ends of the scales are so admirable. 
it's yeah. yeah I love that you said that I love it <laughs> and you do you, you mentioned volunteering you do volunteer at events as well which is it's not that normal to see uh people on the podium and volunteering it happens every now and again but it's not that normal I started doing it because I'm not a rich person and I'm self-supported and a lot of races will give you free races if mm. you volunteer so I was like easy since then now I have connections I am not as I well I guess I've stacked volunteer hours whatever it is I don't always have like the need to volunteer to make a race affordable so but I found it's even more enjoyable to just anytime I have you know 30 minutes an hour to go and help out where I can um again I feel like it just helps keep that perspective of what everybody else is going through I love I mean the finish line obviously is a really easy one um, but it's really <laughs> We need to be there and see these people that like, I mean, for some of them, it's the hardest thing they've done mm. that year, even if it's, you know, it may not be the longest distance, it may not be whatever it is, but um, they may have chosen to personally challenge themselves and really work on an obstacle that they, you know, some people spend like an hour, one obstacle trying to get through it. Um, and to see that finish line when people come across and was like, I love the finish line feeling like mm. to me, that's one of my favorite feelings and to see other people from totally different walks of life, different, you know, experiences of the race to come across and have that same feeling is really cool. Yeah. I just, I love it. I get to, I like being able to watch other people. Like, I think it kind of helps with, uh, give me perspective on like, you know, I'm just doing my thing and I do it because I like it. And like, so is everybody else. And yeah, <laughs> I just, I think it just kind of helps keep that perspective of we're all just doing this for fun. Um, yeah. We're also challenging ourselves a lot, but at the end of the day, like, if we're not um, challenging ourselves and growing, like what's the point? So. I always find it such a shame. You know, we do coverage from different races and different events, and it's really difficult to cover. I mean, it's difficult just to cover the elite races. And I always feel so bad because people are going, well, I'd love to see coverage of this. And I'd love to see a bit of this. I'd love to see more age groups. Like, I would love to too. Unfortunately, we don't have a million pounds because it's, you know, doing that is a lot. But one of the things, again, from World Surface Mudder that was so nice was having a static camera on the finish line and getting to see and people getting to find themselves just going through and round and round. Because that was because everyone was running the same course, it was just there constantly and people could see themselves. It's like, yes, this matters to everyone. This is important mm -hmm. to everyone. Um, yeah. Everyone is achieving something. And it's not just this that's important it is every single person there and the experience needs to be amazing for every single person there and it wouldn't exist I say this all the time like races would not exist without all of those guys there's no way it could be mm -hmm. put on it just, it just wouldn't happen yeah but, um, yeah yeah I wish we could give them more love but I just don't know how we we have discussed your kind of range of uh, sports that you you know distances that you do uh, in our previous chat podcast we spoke about your sporting history and about the horse riding um, and you getting into OCR but just when you were talking then I was kind of like is there a is there a bigger reason why you love OCR is there something about it because it is it is a bit of a niche sport in the grand scheme of things you know I talk about it to people that have never heard about it and they're like mm -hmm. And I start going off on one, like, I don't know what you're talking about, love. But I think it's incredibly special and I get very passionate about it because of so many different reasons. But there is just something to you about it that you just go, yeah, this this is why I love this sport. I like how 
I would kind of say cost aside, but even with the cost of it, it's very accessible. Um, that's what drew me into it initially. I don't know if I talked about this before, but trying to having not come from any kind of background. Um, but I think also for people that have come from very backgrounds of sports or no sports, mm. it's really pretty easy to sign up for a race and go out there and do it. And then it's really pretty easy to make marginal gains and get incrementally better and really like see progress and be able to challenge yourself. But it's, it's so, um, it's so like doable for mm. everybody, um, mm. at their level, whatever that level is. Mm. Um, I think, I mean, trail running is kind of the only other sport really. That's one where you can just get some shoes, sign up for a race and go run. Mm. Um, a lot of other things require, a lot of gear, a lot of equipment, like all that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, to me, like, I think that's one of my, the biggest draw for me is just that it's so, it's so doable for mm. everybody. And I like the mix of people that that brings into it. Um, I like the, I guess, kind of the mindset that it brings into it. Cause a lot of people, for a lot of people, it's a second sport. It's a, you know, something they found mm. to get back into shape, you know, whatever the motivation is. Like, I feel like it's a little bit deeper than just, I want to PR my marathon or I want to get into the Olympics. Like all these things, like it's like really spelled out. It's really like, there's a clear, and if you're not a fast runner, you're never going to be a good marathoner. Like, but there's some level of like, oh, well you can be good at mountain courses. You can be good at mm. flat courses. You can be really good at obstacles, whatever it is. Um, I feel like there's a lot of variety and it's very, just like approachable for everybody. Mm. Yeah, cool. I totally agree. It is, you kind of just, you can sign up to race. There's not really anything. Oh, each event keeps kind of changing its criteria. When I first started with Spartan, you just paid an extra fiver and you went in the elite wave. At the minute, I actually got to admit, I don't even know what the deal is with going running in an elite wave with Spartan this year. Um, but it, either. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I was like, oops. Um, but yes, it is so accessible. Obviously, we can find our ways to spend money and everyone does when they feel like it. But it's 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 great. And then you can start, people can start to perform well and they can train and they can have really accessible goals. And that's not to say that the athletes performing at their best are not incredible athletes because it's, you know, big fish, small pond syndrome. It's not that because I have one in front of me, you know, the things that you're doing are incredible athletic feats. There are great athletes in there. It's just, it's, it's still small enough to allow everyone to have a chance. And yeah. Yeah. Like and everybody too. at their level can, yeah. you know, kind of push the limits. Yeah. There's always, um, there's always an achievement to be had. I can, yes. I can go back into OCR now and to be honest, finishing a course with minimal burpees or whatever, <laughs> minimal penalty, <laughs> penalty loops, uh, you know, would kind of make <laughs> me feel proud now. Whereas five years ago, maybe that's not what it would have even longer, but yeah, this is a good reason. It is a great sport and yeah. I think we need to improve accessibility for young guys, but um, that's that's a huge conversation that needs to be had across brands, and I don't, I have no idea how that gets solved, but that's for a, another day. Yeah. <laughs> I think some of it is accessibility, but there's also not a lot of interest, so I think that's a thing. Like um, a lot of people my age are still doing college sports, or you know, mm. see, this is partying, a different thing. Whatever they want to do in the UK and the US because we don't necessarily oh. have college sports uh we just have sports you just do them I'm kind of think I always think of the younger teens and that kind of the kind of dead area of where they are between being old enough to race a really good event 
and not being too old for the kid events. Mm. And yeah, then there's a big conversations about federations, et cetera, and how to make sports. And that's the whole thing that's going on in the UK and everywhere else. But yeah. It works differently in the UK, obviously, to the US. But yeah, hopefully more kids will get into it. And we will see. That's not, there's nothing I can change about that. But saying yeah. that, I mean, is there anything in OCR that you want to see happen or changes you think need to happen or anything that could be improved just in general? Like from your side of the sport, what do you see and what do you think? Um, I don't think I'm the person to ask about that. I am, mm-hmm. I just came into this and I have, I mean, it's kind of the only sport I've experienced. And to mm-hmm. me, like, it's kind of what it is. I don't have anything really to compare it to. And I don't have any like big ideas of what it could be. Um, so yeah, I'm the very wrong person to ask. <laughs> Um, well thanks for being honest on that yeah. fair enough I mean many people often have an opinion about how they feel about things or what they'd really love but you know that's great as long as you're doing it and you're enjoying it and you're a great ambassador that's that's absolutely fine yeah. it's kind of where I'm at <laughs> so this is a question more geared toward OCRWC because it's entirely about it we recently announced the the partnership with Spartan for 2023 and the location uh, of Mammoth how what are your feelings on well let's stick with the location because let's we don't need to get into any politics because that's not why we're here but um in terms <laughs> of location a lot of people have had a lot of thoughts about it is it something you're excited about are you you know there's elevation is that something that's going to play towards your strengths um do you think it's going to impact the event i'll be honest it's not until september i have not put a lot of thought into it yet <laughs> straightforward um, you are I really like it it's just like, this, this is gonna uh, be yeah I really like OCRWC I think I mean I've only done it in at Stratton and then over in England once and I think they do a great job of putting on a great event um I've never been to Mammoth Lakes so I don't know what that's like out there mm-hmm. um I think it will be very cold to be at elevation which is not my preference mm-hmm. um but other than that, um, yeah, I'm just kind of waiting for more information to come out and I will make my, uh, <laughs> I will form my opinion then. Fair enough. I suppose it, for me, it's like a constant conversation. So I'm always thinking about it and talking about it. Yeah. Other events, I'm like, Abu Dhabi. Yeah, sure. Great. Okay. Yeah, Whatever. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's good to hear that we will, everything going well, we will have you there. And on that note, have you got any goals set out for 2023? Are you just kind of going to see where life takes you and what happens and what you feel like? Um, I'm still deciding on all that. So yeah, a little more of the latter. Um, I definitely, I mean, I love the 100 milers. So I've already, I think that's, those are kind of some of the only races I've actually signed up for so mm-hmm. far um, is the 100 milers. Um, yeah, something about those just have a really big draw for me. Um, but I also, I'm excited about the shorter Spartan races. Mm-hmm. Um, I like a short, spart- spicy OCR race. So yeah, just kind of trying to fit in what I can. Um, I would like to spend a lot more of the summer um, here in Colorado in the mountains. Mm-hmm. So that's the other goal, I guess, is maybe a little less racing and more time out in the mountains. Fair enough. Um, are you hoping to be taking part in the Spartan, the 3K series? I would like to do some, but since they only announced them like last week, I already kind of have a lot of tentative events. So now it's kind of choosing between events. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. 
Um, it will, for me, it will depend on what their payout is going to be um, because I'm not going to travel all across the country, this continent mm. um, for these races if it's not going to like benefit me in some way. So yeah, no, that's yeah. fair enough, especially for such I'm a kind of waiting event. on that. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. And enough. on a Friday, like it just adds a lot of logistics that, um, yeah, they'll need to be worth it for me. So. <laughs> yeah, I we'll think see. they'll need to be worth it. I, I, I'm excited by the idea. I, we will see how it goes. I'm always up for kind of innovation in OCR and seeing what happens with it and seeing whether things work. At Spartan, I have always loved the brand and trust that they will do good things. So I hope that they will. Um. We do have, I'm excited about this, the Hyrox World Championships are happening in Manchester, which is where I live. So I'm like, oh, everyone's going to Manchester. So I'm hoping we'll we're all coming to, to see you on in the uh, on the home ground. That would be super exciting. You'll turn up and be like, this is very grey and wet. <laughs> this is miserable. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> it's indoors, though. It's fine. But yeah, um, we've got a big event going on. So hopefully you'll be there to take that on as well. That's the goal. We will see amazing oh i've got a page full of notes here and i've been scribbling and and talking and and i think i've gone through everything i want to talk to you about um but yeah is there anything is there anything that you want to bring up you want to mention you want to um i think something i actually just finished reading a book that really um was like perfect timing for me um something that i've been finding like um which sometimes I have an easier time with it than others. But like this past year was a really, really good year. Um, but I think just reminding myself to not, and maybe, I mean, other people in whatever situation you're in, um, the past is the past and like be grateful for what you experienced, the accomplishments you had, but like realize like the future is still so much to come. So as much as it's a little like 2022 is just, like a great year and mm. it's almost like I almost have a little bit of like apprehension like well what's 2023 going to be like and I don't know if I can do all the races I want to do and whatever but realizing like okay 2022 was good um we're you know putting it on the shelf and that was a mm. good year and just to like stay excited about like what's coming um mm. regardless of what the past was like I don't think I need to live up to any kind of expectations like 2022 is 2022 and that was mm -hmm. that and now we're moving on to 23 um so that was just something I've kind of been reminding myself of is like um not to have like expectations or you know whatever you expect because a good way to get disappointed um and to just have a weird time if you're expecting <laughs> your past um, yes. success to dictate your future so yeah it's just something I've been kind of thinking about reminding myself of so 23 is a fresh slate and we're ready to see what else what was the name of the book you said you just read it was called finish first by scott hamilton um he's a olympic gold medalist in ice skating he's an ice skater love ice skating i love the winter sports i'm not great at them but i love them I think that's, um, again, another great thing. I I love that. I mean, my years always look completely different. And it's weird because technically the start of a new year shouldn't really mean anything, but it does. It does mean something mm -hmm. to all of us. It feels like a fresh new start. I remember the last day. I remember, I remember the last day of 2022. It's four days ago. <laughs> it actually feels like it was about six months ago. 
but it feels, you know, I was like, this is what I'm doing on my last day of the year. And I had a beautiful couple of days between Christmas and New Year. I went hiking and it was just glorious and gorgeous. And I was like, yep. And I'm ready to go forward into 2023. I mean, I have no idea for me personally. If you said to me, what's happening this year? Mm-hmm. Hopefully I'm going to OCWC yes. and, and, you know, but aside from that, I don't know what's happening. But I absolutely love the uh, the possibility and the potential of nothing. Um, yeah. What could happen? Like a thousand things could happen. And I always, it's it's become a catchphrase so much that my mum's taken on as well, that I have, I love plans, but I also don't like having too many plans. And I just kind of go, it'll work out. It always does. And when I start to get a bit stressed, my mum's just like, it'll work out. It always does. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it will. Yeah. Great. Who knows what could happen? And being open to possibility means some of the most fantastic things could happen. Obviously, we're still going to be humans and grown-ups and make sure that, you know, everyone gets fed and there's somewhere nice to live or somewhere to live. Um, but yes, I I love not, I, I just love that attitude. I can't really sum it up in yeah. a couple of words, but I appreciate it. And I think it's beautiful words. Yeah. Appreciation for us, yeah. fresh slate. Yeah. Clean slate. And also, you know, yeah, we, we have spent a lot of this time talking about what an amazing year you've had. Um, I know for me, when my fitness declined, it was very, very difficult for me to kind of be proud of what I was achieving without looking back to what I used to be able to do. And it took a long mm-hmm. time for me just to go, no, just be proud of what you're doing today. This is all that yeah. matters because, but yeah, the, the past is gone. You, I, I, yeah. I'm sure I've got no doubt around you will still have a fantastic year. Of course you will. But the 2022 has happened and you are 2023, Chris, and you're going to do fantastic things standalone. This could be its own year. And that's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's so exciting. We'll see. We've got yeah. a whole year to find out. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be a good one. It's. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Me too. All righty. Well, um, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I'll let you get on with your day. I'm sure you have got plenty to do. Uh, it doesn't seem like you stop that often. So I really appreciate you taking <laughs> the time to chat with me and to kick this off. It was uh, a really lovely and positive way to start the year and start the season three of the podcast so thank you so much absolutely thank you so much for having me on thank you